Hey, family, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. We are two Catholics with PhDs in common sense, and I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? Yes, I'm reporting for duty, sir, and I'm reporting to the Lord Savior Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, brother. Can't do anything better than that. Hey, Jess, today's a special Wednesday. We always have Church Militant on, but we're also going to talk about a Nobel Prize winner who dismantles transgenderism as unscientific. We want you to be high information when it comes to defending the woke culture that we're in. Uh, Yep. Yeah, it's very important. And another topic that we're going to cover is what President Biden did a week ago about the student loan forgiveness program. Who's paying for that? Wait till you hear what we have to say from uh, Prager University, which I recommend you listen to. 99% of everything I've listened to has been very, very solid. So we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that. And then, of course, what's going on with Church Militant and how uh, the news is coming up with uh, what you want to watch there. And, you know, Jesse, a good news, uh, I should say good to know file before the gospel we have. Um, this is a fantastic story. Pregnant woman with terminal cancer miraculously healed. Uh, she said, this baby saved my life. When I tell you the details, uh, it's just basically the doctor said, abort the baby. You've got breast cancer and it's it's life it's threatening you're gonna your death you need to do this she said no i'm gonna hang on to my child if i have to do something after the birth then you have the chemo but not now the baby's delivered the doctors check her again and now she's been cured completely the doctors are miffed like what happened she says hey i prayed to saint uh uh she be saint stanley uh salonis and i prayed for him that he would intercede and uh, hey, it worked. So she's pretty happy. Also, just for good and no file, the Chile voters last week rejected a proposed left-wing constitution guaranteeing right to abortion. So pro-life won another victory. Talk about another victory. Virginia judge throws out lawsuits seeking a bar sexual explicit books from being given to minors because Catholic mama bears especially are standing up for their children. Yes, so much good news, but let's get to the best news, yeah. which is got, soul food. Some more good news. Oh, let's, good. Let's head to yeah, let's, let, soul yeah. food. Here's some more, some more good news. Hit me. Uh, just to see the way the it. power of prayer works. Yes. Elon Musk, Elon Musk is warning of the tragic effects of the green policies from the Biden administration. Oh, yeah. He's the Tesla and the SpaceX CEO. Elon Musk on Monday warned that the political left's rush to impose green regulations could have dire consequences. Well, He's yeah. So he said um, uh, he said, realistically, I think we need to use oil and gas because otherwise civilization will crumble. Of course. Here's another good news story. Teacher wins after refusing pronouns. (laughs) A Kansas teacher, Pamela Rickard, has been awarded ninety five thousand dollars in a settlement after she confronted her school district for trying to force her to use LGBT pronouns for children behind their parents backs. Well, guess what? She won the lawsuit thanks to the Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Tyson Langhofer. Mm -hmm. And that's another victory for somebody with common sense and decency. Also, Connecticut Catholic bishops have condemned comments that were made in a video by a public elementary school assistant principal who admitted on a hidden camera (laughs) that he discriminates against Catholics when hiring teachers. That was incredible. The guy, that. The, the guy got cut. Good. And, and so the comments regarding Catholics as well as indoctrination techniques by Cos Cobb, elementary school teacher, assistant principal, 
The bishop said they're vile and they do profound disservice to the many Catholic teachers in public schools, both in Greenwich and across the state. Amen. Uh, good so job. Good for this bishop. Good job for the Connecticut Catholic bishops. And yeah. finally, uh, the Major League Baseball has been caught. They were, they, they, so the good news is they were caught. Caught good. doing what? In a system-wide child transgender promotion. So journalist Nate Hockman has published a bombshell analysis exposing the 20 Major League Baseball teams that have funded or promoted gender transitions for children. And so under the auspices of LGBT-themed Pride Nights and these 20, uh, these 20 different Major League Baseball teams, many of the Major League Baseball's most prominent franchises have begun to promote or fund groups that encourage or provide sex change procedures and gender transition hormone treatment for minors as young as 12. Journalist Nate Hockman said 29 teams have held Pride events this year alone. Well, the good news is that we've caught them, we've spotlighted them, and uh, I think, Terry, they're going to pay a, pri- with, with, pay a price with a lot of their conservative, patriotic, and people of faith fans. And Jesse, the only one that didn't go along was the Texas Rangers in a very conservative state. Houston went with it, but Texas Rangers, I say kudos to them, uh, their ownership and their... Uh, leadership said, no, we're not going to do that. So Somebody's doing something yes. right there. And this is what's going to go happen right now. Jesse, we know from the gospel, we're going to read, what did our Lord say when you're at odds with the world? Then you're going to know you're doing the right thing. If the world is with you, if the world is with the ch- church on, whether it's um, all kinds of issues, uh, then you know, hey, wait a minute, something's wrong. Yeah. So let's get, uh, well, unless you got more good news, let's get to now the Now that's the I wanted to do today's first reading. St. Paul, a lot of people are married or single. Oh, yeah, either. And advice. so it, great advice. this, yeah, just great advice for the married and single in today's first uh, first reading of the oh, Holy yeah. Mass. Let's do it. First Corinthians chapter 7, verses 25 to 21, today's first reading at the Novus Ordo Missae. It says, Brothers and sisters, in regard to virgins... I have no commandment from the Lord, but I give my opinion as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. So this is what I think best of the present distress, that it is a good thing for a person to remain as he is. What does that mean? Single and celibate. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek a separation. Are you free of a wife? Then do not look for a wife. If you marry, however, you do not sin. Nor does an unmarried woman sin if she marries. But such people will experience affliction in their earthly life. And I would like to spare you that. I tell you, brothers, the time is running out. From now on, let those having wives as not having them. Those weeping as not weeping. Those rejoicing as not rejoicing. Those buying as not owning. Those using the world as not using it fully, for in the world, in its present form, is passing away. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of things that jump out in today's first reading that are very powerful. In verse 25, St. Paul saying, he says, Now concerning the married, St. Paul's addressing questions that are posed to him by the Corinthian Catholic Christians. And so on this, he's offering his own advice on the topic of marriage. He says he's not, he's not giving the teaching of Christ. He says, this is, I'm giving you what I understand my teaching. And then he basically talks about, if you're single, stay that way. Be celibate. 
On verse 26, he also now talks about impending stress or this present necessity, as it says in other translations. So it's, it's uncertain whether St. Paul has something general or specific in mind to the Corinthians. But in general, St. Paul recommends celibacy because of the, of the potential problems that face married couples. That's the point that he's making. Mm-hmm. The ordinary pressures of daily life when you're married can, can make an, an undistracted commitment to Christ a constant struggle. In other words, it's easier to be focused on Christ if you're single and celibate than married. That's the point that he's making. Of course it is. And St. Paul endorses a single life in light of the hostile and pagan environment of, 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 the, of, uh, of, of Corinth, of that city. Because he knows that persecutions will multiply hardships for married couples who are concerned for the welfare of each other and their children. But, you know, he also says, he also gives us a caveat that those people that marry, obviously in verse 28, you do not sin. So that clarification was made here, and it's aimed at, the, at, at certain Corinthians who either discouraged or denounced marriage, kind of like, you know, holding to Gnostic, the Gnostic heretics. So Paul doesn't want his preference for celibacy to be misunderstood as a rejection of lawful matrimony. Both are good, but one is one gets you to heaven faster, the, the single and celibate way. And then finally in verse 31, St. Paul talks about the fact that this world is passing away. And so what he means by that is, is that both marriage and its daily concerns, one day it's going to be over. You're going to die. They're going to expire. Marriage ends at the grave. Yep. And when the present age comes to an end, this puts marital thoughts and marital struggles and even worldly affairs, you know, deadlines, got to go to work, all this stuff. It puts everything in perspective since only one's relationship with God is going to matter at that moment. And that's the only thing that's going to endure forever. Nothing else will. Well said. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room real quick. Bishop Sheen. Full thing ahead. He's quoting St. Francis of Assisi. He's in with Bishop Sheen on this train. Wait to hear what St. Francis has to say to Bishop Sheen regarding the Mass. Bishop Sheen says, amen to this. St. Francis says, man should tremble. The world should vibrate. All heaven should be deeply moved when the Son of God appears on the altar in the hands of the priest. Just when I read that, I thought, how many of us Catholics, every time we go to Mass, realize what is going on. I hear people saying, I'm going to go see this apparition. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go see this miracle. This is happening when the greatest miracle that takes place, and every one of us can go to it every day, is at the Mass when bread and water is turned into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Full sheen ahead, Jess. Hey, when we come back, brother, let's talk about this Nobel Prize uh, winner dismantles the transgender as unscientific, at odds with fundamental biology. I mean, a Nobel Prize winner has to tell us this. Man, this is amazing. This is how crazy the world is. Stay with us, family. We're going to give you some good information on this topic. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Nobel Prize winner dismantles transgenderism <laughs> as unscientific 
and at odds with fundamental biology. So how do you get a Nobel Prize? Is this like winning a Little League trophy? I don't think so. A Nobel Prize is, is an international prize that somebody, very few people get, for outstanding work in physics, chemistry, physiology, or medicine, literature, or economics. It's been handed every year since 1969. It's named after Dr. Alfred Nobel, and uh, it's traditionally awarded on December 10th, the anniversary of his death. So this brave doctor, her name is Christian, uh, forget her middle name, Volhard. Mm-hmm. Christian Volhard. She's uh, exploring the biological roots of beauty in her lecture, mm-hmm. and here's what she says. This biologist, and no- she's also a Nobel Prize winner, She made headlines this week when she asserted basic biological reality in opposition to the claims of radical transgender ideologues. So in an exclusive interview, Dr. Christian Volhard, in in her German language, with a feminist magazine called Emma, German developmental biologist and Nobel laureate Dr. Christian Volhard explained that the basic biological principles regarding sexuality, disprove transgenderism. Here's her big argument. Here's here's straight science. He says, all mammals have two sexes and man is a mammal. Bingo. That's it. That's, I mean, drop the mic. That's (laughs) that's all you need to say. This is what Dr. Dr. Volhard said in an interview to this trans to this uh, transgender magazine. Again, she won the 1995 Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine for her research in early embryonic development. The good doctor said, Dr. Christine Volhart said the following, there's the one sex that produces the eggs, has two chromosomes, that's called female. And she said, and then there's the other one that makes a sperm, it has an XY chromosome, that's called male, close quote. She was asked whether people can change transgender. This Nobel laureate winner, Dr. Volhard, was unequivocal. She said, that's nonsense. (laughs) It's wishful thinking, she said. There are people who want to change their gender, but they can't do it. People retain their gender for life. You think? God, Harry? Jesse, this is so, yeah. I mean, so simple, but she's a, she should know. She says she's also warning of the dangers of prescribing hormones to help people look more like the opposite sex. And boy, does she give a warning on that. She said the body cannot handle it well in the long run, she said. Every hormone you take has side effects. That's like every medicine you take has side effects. <coughs> you know, taking hormones is inherently dangerous. Now, she responded to recent claims by Seven Lehmann, a German federal government's queer commissioner, really, who reportedly argued it's unscientific to affirm there are only two genders. She argued, said, really? That it's gender view exposed by Lehmann's that's unscientific. See, they have a big argument going, but you know what, yeah. Jesse? Yeah, Terry, That's like yeah, what, me telling yeah. you, Jesse, I'm six foot eight, okay? Yeah. But you know what? The facts say I'm five foot four. I'm a little guy. So yeah. This is unscientific, what people are saying about this. Yeah. With, with Dr. Volhard, this Nobel laureate winner, yeah. 
is uh, is is basically describing. Yeah, basic course uh, in biology. It's it's, man. It's, it's, it's 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 she's she's rational. Yeah, and she's 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 debating another doctor, Sven Lehman, who's irrational. It's a woke doctor. So you got a rational doctor who's a Nobel laureate winner debating a woke doctor, Sven Lehman. Yes. Uh, and again, they they dis- they disagree, right? Why? Because the whole transgender and and sex reassignment surgery, Terry, that's Frankenstein science. Exactly. That's what it is. And the catechism of the Catholic Church condemns this right. as the sin of mutilation. Of course. Cutting body parts unnecessarily mutilating body parts when you don't have to. I mean, there's a time when you have to, obviously somebody steps on a, on an IED, you know, uh, they injure their leg. Uh, they take them to the hospital. The soldier may have to have the leg amputated because they can't save it. Right. Sometimes you have to cut body parts, right. but Terry, this, there's no reason for this mutilation. It's a sin. It's irrational, And it's Frankenstein science. Yes. And Jesse, as you said, the catechism, makes this clear but here's the here's the dilemma we have the dilemma is when people don't know the kingship of christ right okay this is the bottom line why do we continually on virgin most powerful tell people about jesus christ and his bride the church the sacraments confession examination of conscience because these people who are totally oblivious to this they're living a unholy trinity me myself and i it's all about me if i feel like i want to be a woman that I want, and I should be a woman, and it has no sense of reality in this world. Yeah, that's right. We Unfortunately, we got to go back to Jesus, man. Yeah, the article says this is an, yeah, Doctor, uh, the good Volhard. doctor, the oh. Nobel laureate, Doctor Volhard says yeah. this isn't scientific. Perhaps uh, the other doctor, Her Lehman, the woke doctor, missed the basic course in biology. I thought that was a, that was joke. funny when she said that. Yeah, so Really? Yeah, so so the woke German government has appointed Lehman as its first commissioner get, get check this out for queer affairs. Yeah, unbelievable. In June last year. So if anybody thinks that the government has not been politicized or taken oh. over hijacked by the left, uh you've been uh you've been I don't know what planet you're living in, but it's happening in Europe and in America and everywhere else. The article says the government began pushing for, again, you know, queer legislation to allow children as young as 14 to change their legal gender without parental consent. Mm-hmm. Dr. Volhard told this, uh, you know, woke magazine, Emma, yeah. that allowing children to change their gender is madness. <laughs> Noting that she, like many girls, have been unhappy in puberty, according to the professor, Young girls should be supported in their actual identities rather than encouraged to become like men. While observing that gender-confused people should not be discriminated against and that it's bad when people are treated badly, Dr. Volhard nonetheless argued that people who believe they can change their gender can impose their ideas on everyone as facts. Yeah, Terry, in other words, what I we need more doctors to speak out fearlessly like American frontline doctors, like this Dr. Volhard, against these transgender, lying, liberal, woke doctors who are committing child abuse against our kids. What say you, Terry? Well, what I say is this, Jesse, is we is what 
what Cardinal Burke just told us last show yesterday, that we have to stand up only to the our, our own bishops who are not teaching the faith correctly, priests like that. But we also have to stand up to the woke culture. And we have to give them a reality check that says, uh, you know, even though I'm a doctor and I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to pay a price for doing it because they're going to persecute me, I might even lose my job by telling you the truth. You know what, Jess? Life yeah. is short. Eternity is forever. We need more people, men and women, to say, you know, knock this stuff off. Come on, this isn't reality. It would be like, you know, you seeing um, a kid who says, you know what? Uh, I'm actually the president of the United States. That's who I am. And he's, you know, he's eight mm. years old and he's dressed in mm. a suit. And you go, oh, that's nice. God bless him. You know, but you know what? He has to come out of that when he grows up. So what I want to say to our culture is grow up and go back to reality. Reality is, like she said, a man and a woman have chromosome differences. It's really simple. And if you have X you know, uh, why, you know, this is what you are if you're XX. I mean, this is basic biology. And the bottom line is stop living in law, law land. And this is what we're dealing with right now. People are saying this is the truth because you know what, Jess, they don't believe in objective truth. And that's why bringing the gospel to these people is what they need. Yeah, it's, uh, it's o- only God determines gender. That's right. O- God alone. And because he built it right into your body, through the chromosomes, again, through the sex chromosomes, yeah. which are, again, female XX, male XY. Right. So God determines gender. God alone does that, not you. That's you don't right. decide what you are after you're born. We can't change our gender no matter what we do. There's no way to do something to our body that's going to change our gender. This, this whole transgender philosophy is in lifestyle, it's false. Yes. It's a, del- it's a delusion. Oh, what it is. It's a delusion. It, it's, it's, it's a demonic attack on the beauty of human life. Yep. It's a demonic attack on the beauty of the human body. And, and those who feel this way, they're victims of, number one, not only of false perceptions of their own identity, and this happens when you don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ, you live in darkness. When you don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ, you suppress the truth. These are all New Testament words I'm using here. When you don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, your intellect is darkened. And so faith, a life of faith, a life of prayer, and a life of studying the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ are the weapons against this evil trend of transgenderism. And Jess, I've been giving advice to certain families that call me up and say their daughter it said that, you know, she should have been a man. She's now going to take this transition. And I've told him, I said, when you talk to your daughter, tell your daughter that you, you think that I'm 16 years old now as your parent. Is that okay with you? And uh, because I said it, or is, am, am I really 60 years old? You know, in other words, this is not reality just because I said I'm 16 now and I'm 60. This is yeah. what you're doing. You're living about, and this is the bottom line, the unholy trinity. You're worshiping me, myself, and I and saying, I get to decide who I am. You know, when I, even, this is why suicide is so prevalent among these people, Jesse. When they get, when they get mixed up on this, they get mixed up on everything. And then they go, I'm still frustrated. And they want to end their life. This is why charity says, let's stop it 
right in the bud. That's my take, Jess. Yeah, and I'll tell you who's behind suicide is Satan. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, this he's, he's uh, the Bible says that Satan comes into this world to, to kill, steal, and destroy. Oh, yeah. The, the Bible also says he's a murderer. From the so beginning. If you're, ever, if, you're, if you're ever wondering where those voices come from that are telling you kill yourself, yep. it's not the Holy Spirit. Nope. It's an evil spirit. Yep. Hey, Jess, I want to also remind everybody, uh, the um, we are going to be starting a new show soon with, um, uh, oh gosh, my mind just went, who's our friend out in um, Europe right now, Jesse? Um, oh, yes. Uh, my, my our historian is, friend. Our yes. historian friend. I can't even oh, think gosh. of his name, but I'll, I'll, I'll get that set up for you guys uh, later. But we have some new programming coming down the pack next month, so we'll yeah. let you know that. He's a church historian. Yep, yep. And when we come back... Charles Cologne. Charles Cologne. I couldn't even think Charles of Charles. Charles Cologne. Known him since I was in high school. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Hey, Jess, yeah. when we come back, let's talk about the student loan yeah. uh, debacle. And yeah, it really is put a on debacle. the video. It's a video. Yeah, Short yeah, video. Dennis Prager video. It's going to educate you on what really is taking place and who's paying for it. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Student loan forgiveness. We want you to hear a Prager University video on this topic, and you'll see that uh, somebody (laughs) is going to pay the bill, namely those of, you know, a lot of people that never went to college, went to trade school, worked hard, made their money, tried to, you know, save their pennies. Uh, We're going to carry the brunt of this bill. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? It's hard to imagine how we could screw up higher education any more than we already have. But we're about to if we make student loan forgiveness a reality. There's a Latin phrase that helps explain why. The phrase is qui bono, who benefits. In the case of student loan forgiveness, it's first and foremost the colleges and universities who can charge outrageous tuition largely paid for by student loans. Second, politicians who make cheap promises of debt forgiveness to win votes. And third, students from upper middle class families who would get taxpayers to pay off their student debt. Who doesn't benefit? Everyone else. That includes those who didn't go to college and a new class of suckers people who went to college and paid off their student loans. Student loan forgiveness is a reverse Robin Hood. It takes from the poor and gives to the rich. The most obvious argument against forgiving student debt is that no one forced anybody to borrow money for college. Why then should others be forced to pay it off? Before you think I'm gonna go all tough love on you, let me say, I have a lot of sympathy for young people who have dug themselves into the student debt hole. I'm one of them. For decades, our society has made the claim that you need a college degree to get ahead in life and that the smart bet was to take out any amount of loans to ensure a bright future. And if you need help with the tuition, Uncle Sam, the U.S. government, stands at the ready with his generous student loan programs. Just fill out a few forms and presto, there's a check in your mailbox. You're off to college. But here's the dirty secret. For every dollar of student loan money the government makes available, university tuition goes up by 60 cents. Colleges and universities don't see college loans as a problem. They see a gravy train. Most college administrators may be cowards ready to cave before every politically correct fad, but they're not dumb. If the government is going to loan you money to go to college, they can raise tuition virtually at will. You can afford it. Just borrow more. And what do the universities do with all that tuition money? Build more buildings, hire more administrators, 
hey, somebody has to pay for all those diversity, equity, and inclusion officers, right? Qui bono. Meanwhile, you stagger out of college with a degree and a boatload of debt to pay off to get the same job and salary that a decade ago didn't require a bachelor's. What a great way to start off your adult life. If you fit mm. that profile, you're very likely to favor student loan forgiveness. And who can blame you? With a simple stroke of a pen, some or all of your debt goes away like it was never there. And the least you can do in return is vote for the politicians who made it possible. At least that's how the politicians see it. Qui bono. But who's going to pay for your good fortune? The taxpayers, of course. The most modest debt relief proposal out there right now, $10,000 per borrower, would cost wow. $300 billion. To wipe it all out, wow. $1.8 And a lot of those taxpayers will be working class people who didn't go to college. In many cases, because they didn't want to take on all the debt. That's why despite easy student loan access from the government, people in the lower and middle classes make up a smaller percentage of college students than they did 50 years ago. The reality is that loan forgiveness would overwhelmingly benefit the already well-off. It's projected that for every dollar of debt cancellation that would go to the lower middle class and impoverished student loan holders, seven times that would go to the top 20% of earners, the lawyers, accountants, and doctors who borrowed heavily for their degrees. This group also includes the people who staff government bureaucracies, corporate HR departments, and school administrations, the people chiefly responsible for the woke mini-revolutions upending institution after institution. For this managerial class, student loan forgiveness would be great. But is it fair? Qui bono. Student debt is a real problem, and it requires some real solutions. But blanket loan forgiveness makes everything worse and rewards exactly those actors who have had such a large hand in creating the crisis, especially the opportunistic universities and politicians. Instead, we should focus on three common sense reforms. One, reduce college tuition and availability of student loan funds going forward. We have to break the vicious cycle of ever-increasing tuition and ever-increasing government loans to pay for it. Two, we should target limited relief to lower and middle-class Americans who have been sold a bill of goods about the value of an expensive university degree not the lawyers, accountants, and bureaucrats who have already benefited from the system. Three, relief should come from rich universities, not middle-class taxpayers. Yale, for example, has a $42 billion endowment. Universities have taken advantage of the problem, and it's time for them to contribute to the solution. Qui bono? I'm Inez Stepman, Senior Policy Analyst at Independent Women's Forum for Prager University. Beautiful. She made a lot of really oh, good points, Terry. Great points. It, 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 here's essentially what I see is that we've, we've become, Terry, yeah. an entitlement society. Of course we have. Yeah. J- Jesse, not, yeah. this even goes back down to Little League when everybody gets a trophy. We can't. Participation we, trophy. Yeah, participation trophy. Everything in our culture right now doesn't call into accountability. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. All that's gone. Remember Bishop Sheen's quote about that. We, we lose sacrifice in language. We don't even know how to love because we don't know how to make sacrifices. But I want to just mention that all those statistics that she showed, I, I know that from before that college education has just skyrocketed because yeah. everybody could get loans that really meant nothing to them. And again, the schools started, started charging more money because they could. And I'm going to just make a note here. I really believe trade schools, whether it's an electrician or yes. carpenter, yes. is the way to go because what yes. I see happening in the colleges, Jess, is that these parents 
also have been paying some of it too, parents. But they're, they, the colleges, most of them are, uh, are woke, woke colleges woke. so that the kids are being maligned with error and they're coming out uh, you know, maligned. And so not only are they not getting a good education, they're getting a warped education. That's my take. Yeah, they're they're walking around and they're American Marxist. Yes. Uh, and uh, and if you want to see an example of these college kids, look at Antifa, Black Lives Matter, uh, Ruth's Revenge, uh, DC shutdown. These are college kids. Many of them are college. Gra- the leaders are college graduates from some of these Ivy League schools, but they've been trained in Marxist philosophy and Marxist ideology. And uh, what I see here, Terry, with Tell this me, entire. Jack. You know, with, with this entire, uh, uh, you know, uh, student loan forgiveness, it's a, it really is a scam. It is. What this is, it's the, the left is setting up a, a, an immoral system whereby millions of people that were, were, were taught that entitlements were wrong and have worked hard for what they have. Yeah. Some people have chosen not to go to college, learn a trade, sure. you know, and they're blue collar, they work with their hands. Oh, yeah. The government is picking the pockets of these law-abiding citizens, these tax-paying families, uh, just to continue funding the education of these woke colleges so they can continue pumping out more Marxist, Terry. Jesse, I've got to give a personal story about this. I have one of my daughters who went to UC Irvine, and she worked two jobs because she told me, Dad, I'm paying my entire uh, tuition for my school. I, You know, that's just how it works. I'm going to yeah. work because I want it to become my project. And so while she was working the two jobs, she's in the dorms, and one of her friends at the school said, Hey, come on, we got to go down here. We're protesting. you got to join us. What do you protest? We want free tuition. So we got to protest and get... The school not to have, charge us any money for going to school, and my daughter says, "Well, I, you know, you go do what you got to do. I gotta go to, go work and make a living. We'll see you later." <laughs> my point is, she got the idea that there's nothing free in life, and unfortunately, this debt uh, reduction program is telling you, "Hey, there's free money." And what you know what? Just let's be honest. Whenever you hear the word free, somebody's paying for hmm. this. Hmm. And I'll tell you, Terry, where all this is coming from. All this is coming from Barack Obama. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Bar- Barack Obama, he, he, uh, he went to Columbia University. And, and uh, there's these two famous professors at Columbia that had a powerful effect on Barack Obama. That's true. They're called Dr. Cloward and Dr. Piven. They came up with a... With, an, uh, with a socialist economic plan to socialize America, yep. it's called the Cloward and Piven plan. Well, guess what? This is the plan that Barack Obama bought into. Uh, he, yeah, he bought into this hook, line, and sinker, and he believes this should be uh, what governs America. The Cloward and Piven plan, it basically it's, it, it outlines a plan to socialize America. How? By overwhelming the system with government spending and entitlement demands. And this way, the government basically has its hands in everything. So what we're seeing right now, remember, Joe Biden worked for Obama. 
So he's all in on this. He's all, and the Democrats know about this. This is, it's like for us, we'll, we'll say, hey, we, we, we've got to follow the Declaration of Independence or Christians. We've got to follow the, 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 the Matthews Beatitudes. For socialists, when they talk amongst themselves, they all say, hey, we need to follow and implement the Cloward and Piven plan. This is what Bernie Sanders is always promoting. He just doesn't say it. But this, this, this is something that was devised at Columbia University by two Marxists, and this is what we're living under right now, Terry. And Jesse, for the first time in the history of America, over 50% of Americans are getting entitlements from the government. It's gotten that bad. And so we need to say, no, enough is enough. And that's what we want to say here. And I think, again, uh, the president of the United States, the Democratic Party pushing this, uh, they got the midterms coming up, Jess. They're yeah. counting on those kids and those young adults and yes. not so young to say, hey, wait a minute. I, he forgave my – he's going to pay my rent. Hey, mm-hmm. he's going to put gas in my car. I, I got to vote for him. No, you don't. Santa there Claus is out there. You remember that one commercial they kept playing before the last yeah. elections when, when Obama was running? I do remember that one. And you had you had a a, a, a female black. I forget what. Yes, city it I was. was just quoting it when I said, "Yeah, fill and, my and gas." And they, they, they put the mar- microphone to her, to her to her, and she said, "Obama's going to pay my cell phone, exactly. and Obama's going to pay my rent." That's the one I was referring to, brother. Yeah, yeah. Hey, when we come back, we've got Nadia Bullock from Church Militant to give us an update regarding. The news, Catholic news coming up on Church Militant. Stay with us, family. I'm going to have to step out. I've got a benefactor i got to go take care of. Jess, will be, you'll be in good hands with Jess. You got Jess, it. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Terry and Jesse show up. We are here with Church Militants. Let me check with my engineer. Uh, I don't see. We're waiting for Nadia Bullock. This Is she on? Richard, is Nadia on? You let me know when she's on. Okay, she's not on yet. Every Wednesday, we try to have somebody from Church Militant, so I'll just uh, continue sharing with you until Nadia comes on. We have one of their one of the reporters every single week from Church Militant, and uh, they give us basically an overview of what's happening in the church. They're my resource for church news. They're also my resource for politics because they look at politics and culture from the eyes of the Catholic faith, and that's that's I'm going to be honest with you. That's the only thing that I trust. I, I don't trust. Uh, I don't trust a lukewarm Catholic from uh, some alphabet channel giving me the news. And so uh, as a Catholic, if you want to know where to get authentic Catholic news, tune in to Church Militant Evening News. You'll get the church's news, and they do it in 60 minutes. In 60 minutes, they span the globe. You'll get uh, a lot of the political updates, and you'll also get the things that are happening within the culture. But again, what I like about Church Militant, and Nadia is one of the, the, the team members there that provides the, the evening news. What I like about Church Militant is that, is that we, get, uh, we get everything through the lenses of a Catholic, through Catholic filters. Because let's, let's be honest, every single one of us has a bias. I have a bias. I look at everything through the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I have a bias. Uh, our, Our friends at Church Militant, they have a bias as well. They look at everything through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what? I like that. Most of us like that. If you're looking at at any of the other alphabet channels, you're going to get the news through the lenses of, uh, again, secular humanist, secular humanist thought. And so this is one of the reasons why I would recommend everybody. In in fact, again, I'm I'm waiting for Church Militant to come on. So uh, they're having, I guess, technical difficulties. I don't know if it's our end or their end. Oh, I can't even see her. Nadia, I couldn't see you. Nadia, welcome to the show. Nadia. Okay. Okay. No no problem. You let me know when she's on and I'll just I'll get back on. You let me you let me know when she's on. Uh so yeah, there's a couple of things that we want to talk with Nadia about as soon as we get her on. Don't know what side's having technical difficulties. But, uh, yeah, there's an Ireland teacher that's been in prison for refusing to use trans student pronouns. That's a problem. Because uh, what's happening across the pond could happen here as well. And so uh, that's that's very... And what's very concerning is that Ireland is basically losing their Catholic faith. That uh, that the Emerald Isle, St. Patrick of Ireland, once upon a time evangelized... uh, that great island, it's uh, it's ter- it's turning basically into a just a secular humanist uh, uh, country now. We also want to get from Nadia. We al- we also want to get the fact that uh, the 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 poll on abortion is driving Michigan governor's race. It seems like women are turning against the GOP. We want to, we want to hear about that as well. And then there's something else that we want to hear from Church Militant is these Aussie. Nadia, are you there? Hello, Nadia, are you there? I don't see her, but it's okay. I don't need to see her as long as I can hear her and I can't hear her. Nadia, are you there? Testing, testing, one, two, three. Nope, okay. Yeah, we're also waiting for for Church Militant to come on. They come on every single Wednesday. But uh, we also know about the Aussie bishops. Here's you. I can hear you now, yeah. I hear a lot of uh, noise in the background, but I can hear you. Hey, welcome to the show, Nadia. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we know there's all. Uh, we know the devil doesn't want this conversation to take place. That's why there's all kinds of technical difficulties. Yeah. But you're here, so talk to us about some of the things that you're going to be talking about this evening on Church mm-hmm. Militant News, which, by the way, me and my wife, we don't miss it. Every single night on cue, that's replaced Fox and everything else we used to watch. That's our news source. So what's on for tonight, Nadia? Give us uh, some of the some of the things you're going to be talking about. Excellent. Well, first of all, thank you so much for supporting. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, there's an Ireland teacher who has actually been in prison for upholding his Christian values. So like you said, there was a student who wanted to go by they, them pronouns. He refused to do it, of course, and the school kind of um, reprimanded him, suspended him, but he continued to show up to work. Why? Well, he didn't think he did anything wrong, right? I mean, he's he's not falling into the woke indoctrination camp of the pronouns, so he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. And then they put an injunction on him in court, and then another justice had ordered the teacher to be arrested and everything. And in the whole process, 
he's kind of explained his Christian reasoning as to why he is not using the they, them pronouns. And yet they go ahead and they put him in prison anyway. And it's completely ridiculous as to why they're letting him do this. And I believe, if I remember correctly, um, one of the women from the courts, or this, it was a school, they said that they weren't trying to um, prevent him from being a teacher or whatever still. They were just trying to coerce him into essentially following the woke agenda, which is very weird. Wow. And the whole, so yeah, the whole situation is just bad. And like you said, it could come across the pond over here as well. I mean, it kind of is. We're kind of seeing this stuff already. Right, right. Yeah, this is something. This is something that we're fighting not just in in th- this country or Europe. This is international. I don't think it's in communist countries. I I don't think Putin uh, or Xi would would allow this this woke culture. But it's happening in in countries that have, uh, you know, a supposed freedom and liberty. So what's happening over in uh, Detroit with the Michigan Michigan governor's race, Nadia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hot race right now. I mean, obviously, the abortion is the biggest topic on everybody's mind right now, especially with Gretchen Whitmer, the current governor. She is crazy. She's all about abortion, this and that. And then we have the competitor, Tudor Dixon, very much pro-life. She is for no exceptions on, no exceptions for rape, incest, or life of the mother. She's completely pro-life. So you have the two extremes, and I don't want to call the pro-life person extreme, but she gets labels, labeled as an extremist, right? right so right, but yeah, the two right, ends of the right. spectrum. Yeah. Right. Two ends of the spectrum. And then you've got moderates. So a recent poll is saying 13% of people are still undecided on who they would vote for. And this 13% could really sway left or right and really make a difference because right now Whitmer is up uh, about 40, 48% and uh, Tudor Dixon is about 35%. So this 13% could make a difference a little bit. And... It really depends on those moderates. We'll call them moderates for the sake of discussion. Those who are, they're not fully pro-life, but they're not abortion on demand either. They're very much that crowd where it's like, well, I believe abortion's wrong, but only in like rape or incest could it be okay. Like those are the people we need to try and sway a little bit more to the pro-life side because if they are against abortion on demand, why would they go ahead and compromise their morals? Clearly they do have some sense of morals, why would they go ahead and compromise them to be completely abortion on demand type? So that's the situation going on right here. It's going to be a tough race. Honestly, do I think Tudor Dixon has a chance to win? Do I think Whitmer's going to win? It's it's hard to say, but I feel like Whitmer, unfortunately, might pull it out again. There's so many ads right now that are wow. against Dixon. So many ads are completely railing her. And I don't see too many better for Dixon, for her own campaign. So, I mean, Wilmer's got the money, she's got the power, that she's really railing everything she has against her. Yeah, well, the left seems to have the Soros money, the uh, Zuckerberg money, and and uh, the Bill Gates money. So, yeah, they're able to run endless ads and endless billboards to try to destroy the opposition. So what what's going on with the Aussie bishops? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so over in Australia, there's some Catholic schools that are, of course, again, falling to that woke ideology. Um, they want students to use their preferred pronouns, uh, using, allowing them to use unisex bathrooms, and even kind of relaxing the dress code a little bit. I mean, as you know, most Catholic schools have pretty strict dress codes. Mm-hmm. And so overall, it's kind of pattering to like the trans agenda in that way. And there's not much being said down there from the bishops, but if we want to contrast that to what um, a U.S. bishop that we were reported on yesterday had said, Bishop Thomas Daly from Spokane, Washington. He said, and I quote, 
You begin to compromise the teaching, the classes offered, hiring practices, leadership of your board, and more and more. The mission becomes not even secondary, and then you cease to really be Catholic. And I think that's well said. I mean, the more that we pander, the more that we break down barriers and lessen our morals and our values, the more that we truly were not models of Christianity. We're not Catholic anymore. We really falling to what the devil wants us to be at that point. So that's kind of the situation down there is Catholic schools are not being Catholic, really, I put it bluntly. Uh, unfortunately. Well, Nadia, thank you very much. And, uh, and how can people watch you uh, and get all this great information? Yeah, so every night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight we're specifically talking about these ones a little bit more in depth, too. So please definitely come and check us out tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, as we also go live every night, every weeknight, 7 p.m. on our website, churchmilitant.com. That's right, and uh, this is this has been my new news. Uh, aid, my, the the way I obtain my nightly news, ever since you guys came on, I dumped uh, the other channels that I was watching, and I get everything I need from you guys every single night. Uh, Nadia, last question I have: Somebody asked, I know there's a big there's a big Catholic Chaldean community out there uh, in in your neck of the woods in the diocese. Uh, my question is: Is that the community that you're from, like I remember I went to go speak to a bunch of men, at about 300 men, probably about two years ago. Great men, Catholic Chaldean mm-hmm. men. And people are wondering, is Nadia from that community? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good question. Uh, there definitely is a Chaldean community out here. Personally, that's not um, where I would say I'm from. Oh, okay. Got but it. Yeah. It, it is definitely a good community that's out here, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if you ever see some of the leadership, tell them I said hi. I, I enjoyed my... Uh, my time with them. I was with them about four or five days. Anything else you want to say about Church Militant uh, that we should know about? Any spotlights? Any mic'd up? Anything else? Uh, definitely stick around for um, some important new programs we have coming out. Reclaiming Traditions, good one, Marian Moments. Um, every now and then we do have spotlights coming out. So be sure to check up on our website, subscribe to our mailing list, all the good stuff so you can stay in tune to everything. Perfect. Thank you, Nadia. We'll see you tonight on my television. Say hi to the, uh, your entire team. God bless you. you. Keep up the good work, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you. Okay. Well, that's a wrap. The Terry and Jesse Show. Up next, uh, more good programming from Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Remember, uh, what's the goal in life to get to heaven? How do we get to heaven? Live in a state of sanctifying grace. What do we do? Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Be a prayer warrior. Pray three times a day at least. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Pray a rosary. Try to go to Mass as often as possible. Receive the Eucharist as much as, much as possible before you drop dead. We're all going to die one day. And remember what St. Padre Pio says, Pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and God will hear your prayer. 